Do you know that God has called you to a life of greatness, blessings, and a special purpose with specific assignment to execute in this world for Him? Stay tuned as Pastor Tokwe Aupisayo brings you the insightful word of God for God-given purpose, discovery, pursuit, and fulfillment of your destiny in Christ. Brought to you by Communion Christian Center. Building capacity by the Spirit. Uh, before I go into this, I'd like to ask uh, what's our take um, from the training we had. And I want to do that quickly. Um, what you learned, maybe one or two things you learned, and then it's going to be easy for you to actually put to work. So I need a feedback um, because we need to put some things to work immediately. Um, when we are trained. So I found out that you can, you know, you can let those things just slip away if we don't do some things immediately um, um, when we learn them. All right? So anybody wants to share something um, from what you learn? Yes, let me start with, let me start with Deepo, then Oskeni, Yes, quickly. Yes, um, I would like to appreciate you because everything the man said was not different from what we have heard from you. And although, if, like, just like someone from outside has said some things in addition to what you have been saying, he just directed us to the right path when it comes to kingdom leadership. The things we don't count as the actual characteristics of being a leader in communion. It's just culture of love. We have been preaching love for a long time. I've been following you for a long time. Culture of... Um, culture of giving, I know, excellence. So, he just said the communion spirit, or what communion is all about. So, it was a fantastic experience. I was glad I was there. Alright, thank you. Thank you for that. Alright, so you, all those culture you were speaking about, um, you'll have learned one or two things about them before. Alright, good. Um, you know, one of the things, let me, in addition to what, there's something I observed. I'm... <laughs> I observed that in his teaching, he, he told us that he could be very firm. You know, you know, he said something like dropping somebody from a particular, Abby? Yeah, he said somebody said after service or after the meeting, off, terminated. Because, and then at the same time, he said something like you're touching the heart before asking for the hands. Alright? So, and then he asked a question. Um, about how do you actually f- getting somebody off duty is not even a dictatorial it's just that you are in your cutting process and you shouldn't come and cut us while you are on duty so just let's just make sure we take care of you very well uh, before uh, you cause trouble yes uh, okay. yeah. uh, I understand I was made to understand the processes of, and as a leader in a house to, we, I saw into how to understand people in their process. Not that we too yes. are going through process, but we have to understand the process. And relate with them. And relate with them according to the process. Good. So in that process, you might have to step down your approach to gain the person to grow up. Yeah. And then be firm with another person. So that the person will look like, wow, well, you, are, you, are, you are not firm to me, you are firm to this person. You fit them according to their level of understanding yes, yes. and process. Yes. Thank you. Um, did you get that? All right. Um, thank you. 
Yes, Pastor Mayor. Who else wants to talk? I just want to, because as they are talking now, you are remembering, right? Uh, because some of you probably you didn't put anything down because we are going to actually work on this thing. It's very important. Okay, when we get to leadership meeting, we sit and, okay, let's approach it like this, approach it like this, approach it like this. Because there are people that you expect too much from them and then they end up disappointing all the time. Uh, it's because they are not actually having that kind of capacity to always deliver as you think they should deliver. So, um, like that. So there's a lot that we are trying to make sure that we adjust. Yes, Pastor. Yes, sir. Um, I'm, like Dibo said, he came to emphasize some of the things Pastor has been saying. And um, one of the things I love that he said is the understanding of you staying in the process even when you are being rebuked. I, I like that aspect. And it's one of the things that have helped me over the years. Like, you know, nobody needs to explain to you that this is just your, this is your family. This is, I don't know if you got, so I like the way he said it that even when you are being rebuked or you are being put aside, you still stand and say, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. So I like that. And the second aspect he also said was um, information based action. Mm. I like the fact, uh, what I learned from that is, you don't just, it's not enough to know some things, but it is better you act on them. Yeah. A lot of people have knowledges about things, you have information, but acting on them has been the issue why there is no productivity. Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Let's put our hands together for the three of them. Yeah. Now, so, can you do it better? Can you put your hands together? for that? So, info, information-based action, and then he spoke about, um, and then staying where you know that you are being rebooked. You are being, actually, we should know that most of us has outgrown um, discipline, punishment, corrections, even with appearance. Do you understand? So, you've outgrown it. You don't even have teachers teaching you now that can do that. The best place that we can always be corrected in love is church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Um, that is why in church you can be relieved of your duty and you are still serving in the same unit. In the corporate world, you can't be relieved of your duty and you are still serving. Is there, is, you can't say whether it's with love or it's without love. They just, your, your time is off. Is, you are just you are, you are off, all right. So that's very important. Yes, I need two, three more people. Yes, praise God. Yeah, he said something about uh, different abilities. Um, you've preached on um, synergy before, but said, mentioned something close to it as interlocking. Yes, our our skills are meant to complement yes. the other, and that when one person squeezes, it affects. It's affecting the others. Yes, yes. Right. And you also mentioned something about skills. Like we should deliberately learn something or do something just to just to foster the growth of the group we have. Like he mentioned you something go about outside, yeah, mentioned you something look about for what is not. What yeah, he mentioned something about him learning leadership ability, leadership skills, even when he knew that other people in church had some other stuffs and all. So you're like, okay, that's 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 a nice. Now, one. did you get all these points are very important. Now, um, you first spoke about. Um, Yes. So what it says is that, you know, scripture says like a building. Everybody is being, do you understand? So what it means is that if one is bad, let's say one of the tires here is bad, then we can say the work is not well done, right? 
And then let's say this pillar that is holding this place, um, maybe somewhere there is not really standing, you won't be comfortable. So what we mean by that is that if you screw up in your own um, assignment, it will affect the work of the others. Do you get that? All right. So it means that your own contribution is so sensitive. It's beyond you. Is the fulfillment of the whole, do you understand, a vision or achievement of the entire goal. So when you belong to a spiritual family, let me take it deeper. If in your closet you pray well, it will affect the family. Do you understand? If you read the scripture, you take to instructions being given in church, it will affect every other person because you'll be living better. And if you are living better, we all benefit from it. Do you get that? All right. So your success is more or less like the success of the entire family. So if you are well fixed in the entire system and then you are taking through processes and you grow better, all right, um, you overlook some stuff, you correct, you are not offended, all right, even though offenses will come and then you do what you are supposed to do well, it means that everything in totality will run better. All right. So what was the last one you mentioned? Going outside, learning something. Do you understand? Like going outside to learn something. Like, for example, we all know that there are certain skills in this place that we need. And probably you belong to that kind of department that needs such things. You can go extra miles to learn it and then now import it. All right. To advance the course of the group. And let me tell you, there's nothing you do that you excellently contribute to the a spiritual family that later on will not actually play out one way or the other to bring certain rewards into your life. So I have seen, I know people, I have friends who handle big businesses now that I know that I started from what they were contributing in church. I remember there was a time I was in a place, Pastor Godman was there, Elevation Church, Pastor Godman, myself, and a friend. A guy was worshipping, we were in front like this, in a small meeting like this. That guy was worshipping, was very passionate. As in, you know what Pastor Godman said? He said he would think he's doing us favor now. Not knowing that he's doing himself favor. He said it takes 10,000 hours of practice for you to be professional at what you do. And so we have given you a platform to come and rehearse and practice to make up for that 10,000 hours. Number one, you are doing what you are doing. You are doing it for God. And primarily you are doing it. And the guy is better, far, far better than this thing I said to you was about seven years ago. All right? Far, far better now. Praise the Lord. So you should see it beyond, um, um, you know, um, a personal, um, egoistic stuff. You go outside, learn in humility, and come and, you know, impart every one of us. It's very important. All right? So that is noted. I want us to take note of um, this thing. Our... Um, scribe, our scribe, let's take note of those points. They are very because we want to deliberately act on them. I want to ask what new things are you learning that you can benefit from? Are you getting what I'm saying? It's affecting the country. Most of Christian gatherings, we learn a lot, but we don't, we don't put to work. It's really affecting our communities, affecting the country. We should improve, um, our environment by what we are learning. Any other person? One or two persons? Yes. Um, Favor. The illustration he gave 
right. concerning um, asking someone to check a hotel room, and he said, "Is he excellent?" Excellent. Said, no. Yes. Um, how it applies to me is that if I, when I do something or when we do something, and someone else within that tribe or within that community comes and says, "This is not excellent," I don't argue. I try to make it better. Because it has become a culture, exactly. a culture of excellence. Good. Now, um, because he's a graphic designer, um, he will have an idea. There is none of them that, while designing and all that, it gets to a point that you might think I'm wicked. Because if it is not, like he says something, that if it is not intimidating. Is that the word he used? Yes. Now, not like you are all out to intimidate somebody. But he's saying that when people see it, they'll say, wow. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, when he got to the car park, he had to come back when I told him. He said, where is this place you are using? He said, I said, it's a gallery. He said, eh, where's Meho? So he was surprised. He said, no wonder I heard one echo. So we came to see it and then went down to, ah. So we now started gisting about what can be done for growth. You know, he mentioned it in passing. What can be done for, he said, oh, so this environment, the residential, okay, okay, okay. Because he's a strategist. So he just, he just started telling me things that, <laughs> so he now said that we'll talk. He said that something said, but you won't tell me here that when we see we'll talk. So it's just like that. All right. So if you look at it, with what he said, so it means that without me even correcting what you do or how you appear, you know, look at the illustration he gave concerning a guy who appeared and then he perceived the smell and then Somebody confirmed he's so so person, so that means the person also perceived the smell, and because of that, they fired the guy. Probably the guy was one of the protocols. And he mentioned something, so I knew his pastor used to say that thing. That how can you keep your how can you how can you that it happens a lot with guys that you just you wear buzzer, the same buzzer over and over. He the his pastor always said it. Because his pastor is very funny. So he said something along that line. He said, okay, that's, oh, this person, okay, let's fire him. And then, because of that, and then they, you know, wait, if, look at it, if that happens to you, how will you feel? Won't you just, you'll be embarrassed, and then offended, and then, no, 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 I want you to think about it. Because there are systems that are so tight, so disciplined, that if you come, eventually, you see, what they do in those systems is, at the end of the day, you will have been really trained, eh? really like caught, processed, and you become like a finished and furnished product for your environment. I remember somebody in this church was, he attended an interview and he said, he got to a point, they said that, ah, why are you so domineering like this? He said, I had to tell them that he's my pastor. <laughs> I said, have I been, have I been dominating and just, ah, he said, my presence there. That, did I say, hey, so who's your pastor? Then I said, asking her. Somebody has attended an interview before, just, you know, they asked, they said, ah, the way you are talking, he said, which one do you attend? He said, ah, um, Covenant. I said, ah, but you imagine? He said, you have the job. So there is a way a community of people raises and train and process you 
and makes sure you are better at what you are doing. And in the process of making you better, if you are offended, you won't be better. If you leave and just get offended and just, you won't be better. Alright? Because the way he was saying some things, I was just looking at it. One of the things I learned is that I've been too nice. As in that you smell on Sunday and you are removed from Monday. I've been too nice. After service, that Sunday, I've been too nice. Do you understand? But I'm not talking in terms of men. I mean, you know, smelly. I always smell God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But I'm saying that, that you can't even do what you're supposed to. Do you get it? So, and it's because we believe mediocrity is a culture in church. That's a big, a big church. I remember Kenneth Copeland, he has a record there, whatever studio, and then they were doing work. They got this guy from outside who works in the studio. And he walks to the point that the 2 a.m., they were walking on a track. And the guy just made a statement. He said, this is very best. Ah. So Ken Copeland said, he's not satisfied. He said, no. He said, for gospel music, he said, this is best. Ken Copeland looked at him and said, what do you mean gospel music? And he sacked him on the spot. Now, if gospel music can't be better than secular music, then it's not Christ music. Then it's not Christ music. Gone are the days where people are dancing in front of flowers. And using Mercedes Bass, 190. Oh, are you guess what I'm saying? It has gone beyond that. When you see people coming up with Gigi, you know the music you like. You know the videos you see. And the sand. So, so why will you now import mediocrity into the body? All right. I think that's I'm all. Sorry, or is there somebody there else? One more that I didn't, I didn't see. Okay. That is, excellence is first personal. Because I discovered that sometimes I struggle with people that, that they should do excellent stuff in church. But because they have not really excellent in their own personal work, so they cannot really reproduce it in the public setting. Uh, uh, what happened, that's why church now helps them. Do you understand? When you see a standard, there are some of you that do things now, it's not because you inherited it from your parents. It was because when you saw the way it's done here, and you make adjustments. No, that is the truth. There are certain things that is when you go to your job, you started working in that company, that you don't have a choice than to do it the way they, t- they told you to do it. Else you'll be fired. Alright? And because of that, you see them, if you see a banker, if you have, you can watch very well, yeah? Even if you see a banker in a jeans and a t-shirt, you know this person is a banker. There's a way you will know. Because they've, they've, that life is tailored. Disciplined in such a way that you know, you know. My pastor told us, he said, you cannot sacrifice competence for spirituality. He said, spirituality is one, competence is another. He said, for church staffing, for church staffing, it has to be people who have had a taste of what to, of what it means to work in the corporate world. Because you will misunderstand the lead pastor or the chief, the church administrator trying to direct you. You will misunderstand them. Because you think you are still volunteering. You think he's Christ stuff. No. He's beyond, he's Christ stuff, but we know. But it has to be done in a very competent way. Alright. Praise the Lord. Now, because of time, let's go. Father, we thank you. We receive your word with gladness. We ask that you speak to our hearts and establish us in the knowledge of the truth. We pray that as I speak, I speak spirit and life. Every issue in every life is addressed. Every family represented here is blessed. 
Can you say a better amen? amen? Open your eyes. This is a supernatural meeting. Everything will be both training and there's nothing that is kind of about it. It's a spiritual meeting. Okay? If you are here on, on Friday night, you have an idea of what I'm talking about. Have an idea of what I'm talking about. So close back your eyes. Father, I speak, Lord, your, you said I, that your word, you know, spoken is spirit and life. If there's anyone here going through situations that looks deadly or they are experiencing death in any area of their life, probably they are dying financially, dying emotionally, dying, their body dying or whatever. Lord, I speak as I speak today, life comes into their system in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak life and spirit. And as I speak, you are being built. You are empowered. You are strengthened. In the name of Jesus. There is supply of the spirit of God. And there is revelation and every confusion dissolve in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that grace to actually put to work what we are going to learn right now and what we have learned, we have received from you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for authorance. Thank you because we hear as we hope to hear in the name of Jesus Christ. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Leadership. Um, I want to talk about building capacity by, my, by the Spirit. By the Spirit. By the Spirit of God. I mean by the Spirit of God. Building capacity by the Spirit of God. Now, um, the scripture says in uh, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, it says that not by power, nor by might, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I'm going to get back to that. But I want you to know that primarily... What God intends to do in our life is by the Spirit of God. God the Spirit is God in us. God the Spirit is the one that works in us both to will and to do of his good player. So it means that we are like clay in potter's hand. He's the one that's designed us. Is the one that really know us. Just like God spoke to Jeremiah. He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So that means you have always been existing before you actually uh, came into your mother's womb. Alright? So it means that you have been existing as spirits with God before you were sent here. So he knew you. Alright? So he had an intention. He, he has a purpose, unique purpose for your life. So there is nothing you can do outside that plan. All right, to be really successful and uh, fulfilled in life. There's nothing you can do because you came on an agenda. You came because of a reason. And that is why you being built has to be by the Spirit of God. Being built has to be by the Spirit. It's not going to be by your own might. It's not going to be by your own power. But it's going to be by the Spirit of God. Now, you being built, then you need to build businesses. Home, built by the Spirit of God. Alright? Business is built by the Spirit of God. Study, academics, everything, relationship built by the Spirit of God. And so we are looking at it now in two ways. We are looking at it as a church, as a spiritual family. We are sent to Lagos because there is something that we need to contribute to this city. And there is something we need to contribute to this country 
this continent and the entire world. And then we need to be built. We need to have capacity for that. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need to have capacity for that. Now, that's generally, I'm talking about collectively now as a spiritual family. Now, individually, you have been sent to this world and then you need to build capacity to deliver what you have been sent. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, for everyone that was sent that we saw in the scripture, there was a time God was working on them and then he was actually processing them and building in them capacity. Jesus came into this world at the age of 12, realized what he was supposed to do. He knew what he was supposed to do. Don't forget the experience at Jerusalem. He stayed back and then for three days he was missing. And then they had to come and look for him. And then when they saw him, he said, can't I be by my father's business? You dare not say that to an African mother. Are you getting what I'm saying? Can't I be by my father's business? Are you getting what I'm saying? What business do you know? What do you know at age 12? Are you getting at age 12? And then even at that age 12 that he knew what he was supposed to do, it didn't come out. And then he was still being processed. Are you getting what I'm saying? He was going through things. In fact, he learned carpentry. And I need to let you know that being a carpenter, that word carpentry that he learned and then he actually became uh, one of the best um, in carpentry. Now, listen, you know, that word is interpreted as a project manager. Is is seen as a project man. So God knew he was going to handle certain spiritual projects and then he introduced him to some secular work. Are you getting what I'm saying? That if you can be known for this, then you will be able to interpret the spiritual project in the light of the secular understanding or to be able to take the knowledge of the spirit and now interpret it or communicate it to people in the secular that will be able to help them to now cross into the kingdom that you are introducing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now it looks like, it looks like this. That's why Jesus Christ, when he's teaching, he will use some of his teachings and use parables. He will talk about farmers. He will talk, because that was what was common. He understood the people. Are you getting what I'm saying? God can send you to a particular place and you don't understand them. God can send you to a country you don't understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? Many people are relocating to places they don't understand. When you get there, Alright? Then you realize that you still need to actually be built or, you know, raised or processed for that system. Now, we are talking about this building capacity. Building capacity now. That's what I'm talking about. Now, that building is not going to be just by your own doing. It's going to be completely by the Spirit. There is another aspect of it that is training. Now, the Spirit will help you to acquire necessary skill. Alright? Requisite knowledge. I know of that. But the Spirit will help you to do that. It will connect you to people who will rebook, who will correct, who will instruct you. It will correct you to people who will help you connect to other people that will help you build you understand capacity in order to deliver what you are being sent. So you see it in two ways, collectively and individually. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you are still here, can you say amen? amen? Good. So this is very important. We have, we have to live deliberately. If we are helping people to discover and fulfill their destinies in life, you have to fulfill yours. How to help other people discover and fulfill their destinies that you have to fulfill yours, all right? So you need to live deliberately because it's very important. Leadership and destiny fulfillment is all about effectiveness and efficiency, all right? It's all about effectiveness and efficiency if you come to the class, the capacity building class, I will tell you the knowledge and the skill acquisition dimension of it. So in that place, I will tell you the meaning of efficiency and effectiveness. Alright? Good. You know, some of these things, you can't learn them. Alright? From the scripture like that. But I remember when I was in MBA class, alright, like about five, six years ago, I learned it. Alright? Now, without capacity development, there cannot be confidence. 
there cannot be competence to produce and increase results or have an output. There cannot be competence. Alright? Now, even if you look at the way the Holy Ghost works, it first creates in us the nature of Christ before we start demonstrating and manifesting the gift of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Having the nature of Christ is having the capacity or the character of Christ. He has put it in place. But there are still certain things that you learn based on that. If you don't have a culture of love, like he said in that training, it will be difficult for you to really connect with people and be compassionate to help the people. It will be difficult. So you can just become a governor tomorrow who is heartless because you don't have that heart of love. Who just love to live in a mansion and then there are a lot of people around who you don't just show concern for because you don't have that kind of heart or love. Alright? Now look at Lazarus died even though he was righteous and the rich man died and then he went to um, where he went to. Alright? And then Lazarus died he went to Abraham's bosom. So we know that once one is in the negative side and the other being tormented and the, this other one, Lazarus, went to. But you know the funny thing? If that other rich man had really known God, Lazarus would not have died in poverty. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is the nature God put in us, the nature of love, another that is a foundation. The nature, the fruit of the Spirit is a foundation for the capacity building. The kindness, the joy, alright? And then the um, self-control and all that, alright? Ah, or your level of competence or delivery of results is directly proportional to the strength and quality of our or your capacity. It's directly Proportional to the level of your capacity. Your level of competence is directly proportional to the level of your uh, capacity. Now, Acts chapter 20 verse 32. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. I commend you unto God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you, empower you, give you capacity, alright, and give you inheritance among the saints. So that the word will build you first. God will build you first before you are handed the inheritance. It's very important. And then we could see this all over the scripture because we know that by, 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 by grace, by the spirit, uh, we can always, uh, be built. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 to 10. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 to 10. Let's read that scripture. It's very important. Now, it said, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So you remember the story of Saul. Look at the next verse. Verse 10 says, but by the grace of God, by the spirit of God, I am what I am and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So that means by the spirit of God, he could do what he could do by this, because he said, I labor more abundantly by the spirit of God. Praise God. Somebody say, by the Spirit of God. Lift up your right hand and declare after me. Say, by the Spirit of God, I am built. Say, by the Spirit of God, I have capacity. Say, by the Spirit of God, I release my competence. Say, by the Spirit of God, my potentials are unlocked. Say, by the Spirit of God, I go through processes. Say, by the Spirit of God, I fulfill my destiny. Can you say amen? amen? So you see that. He said, I, by the Spirit of God, I'm what I am. I am what I am. By the Spirit of God. 
Never you be tempted with secular knowledge to think or to, to zero or to, um, um, separate or minus Christ from the equation of your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, you can sit down and start getting magazines and start reading it about marriage and leave out the spirit. Now, Paul has this testimony said, by the grace, I am what I am. Now, go to, not that it doesn't, you see, why, why we say by the grace? That doesn't mean you now sit down and cross your leg and fold your hands. Don't forget, you'll be sleeping and all that. No, you have to get to work. But this work is the work that introduces you to a process. God tells you, you have routines that you have to follow daily in your life. Successful people have routines. Fulfilled people have routines. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it's by the Spirit of God. Because He can't tell you to do such and He will not enable you to do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? He will give you power to do it. Alright? Now look at another testimony of Paul. Now this is a testimony, but you know that it's coming from a, a personal discipline, self-control, and a very serious, disciplined lifestyle. First Corinthians chapter 9 from verse 24. Let's see. First John chapter, first uh, Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Look at what it says. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receive the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now, you get results. Now, look at it. Next verse. It says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Now, introduce us to one thing here. That even if you are doing a Secular job, he said, is eternal. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are there representing Christ. You are there moving things. There is nothing you contribute to this country that we, it's not eternally recorded because you have his eternal spirit. It doesn't end here. Look at it. He said, for imperishable, imperishable crown. The next verse. Now look at it. He said, therefore I run. Thus, not with uncertainty. So I know what I'm doing. Praise God. You know, if you are sent with a particular, a special, a particular purpose, you know the reason you exist. You know what you are doing. You know what you are doing. Alright? You can't be sent to London and then you are going to Afghanistan. You don't know what you are doing. Because it's clear. When you get to the airport, you go straight to the, you, at the time, the flight will take off. You go, you check in into, you know, they check you in, you know the time, you know the hours, you know the, you, the people you are going together, the same direction, because of your purpose. It determines those kind of people. Alright? The hour of your flight. Everything about your life. Because you know your purpose. Alright? But I'm not teaching about purpose. I just show you that. That I am not running with uncertainty. Uncertainty is gloominess. You are not sure of what you are doing. And let me tell you something. A believer that runs or executes things, not being sure of what he is doing, can easily be distracted. Are you getting what I'm saying? Devil can use anything to distract you. He can use delay in marriage to distract you. He can use financial issues to distract you. He can use the opinion of somebody about you to distract you. Devil can use anything to make sure you are lost. So you have to be sure of what you are doing. How? By the Spirit. He said, thus I fight, not as one who beats the ear. Sometimes you have to fight. Now, don't forget the kind of fight he, he introduced us to. The fight of faith. Praise God. Now, this is a fight of faith. The fight that is already won. Glory to God. Now, you can imagine somebody said, this is the bet you have won. We are going to realize it. So, you are just practicing what is already finished. Are you getting what I'm saying? The fight of faith. He said, thus I fight. I don't fight as the one that is beating the ear. 
I'm not fighting in an uncertain way. Go to the next one. Then you see this. But I discipline my body. And bring it into what? Subjection. Discipline your body. You see the process. I discipline my body. The ego to be rebellious. The ego to take offense. All those things is in the the body. You, most of us don't know that what is actually fighting against our sources is in our body. You don't know. Witches, wizards, powers, principalities, they have no power to stop what God has, you know, God has shot you into this earth. And they have no power to stop what God has done. To undo it, they have no power. But this is what they do. They try to put things in your own system so that you can stop yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Try to make things come up. That's why scripture says that we cast down imaginations. The weapon our warfare are not kind of, but they are mighty through God. To pulling down strong goals. Where are the strong goals? In our hearts, in our minds. Pulling down, you know, you, you, God is not limited until you limit him in your mind. There is nothing outside that can limit God. That's why he says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So there is nothing on the outside that can stop the force of God on your inside. You get that? Can I get amen? Amen. Thank you. I like that. But I discipline my body. I put ego under subjection. I put pride under subjection. Don't forget. Bible says he gives more grace to the humble. I put, honestly, I put it on that. You, you know, you don't even have choice. It's in church that people feel, you know, you feel, you feel pride. I say, somebody came to me in this church as he joined a particular company. He said, Pastor, you won't believe. It's a lady, he's young too. He said, a lady is two years older than me and he's my boss. Hey, I'm two years older than the lady, rather. And the lady is my boss. You know, in those kind of places, you don't have a choice. That's, it's too hard for some of us to join those kind of places. We have to have businesses so that they can come and work there. Are you getting what I'm saying? But that doesn't mean you have to come. You know, sometimes I have a friend, like a family friend. You know him. I've invited him to come and speak before. You know, he's relocated, and relocated with his family. He was telling me that, you know, one time his wife, working with Jumia, had an issue with a driver. The driver is far, far older. Far, far older. So that he had to come in. Do you understand? So in such places, you don't have a choice because you are laboring and working for money. And in this place, you now, you now, you know, post like you have a choice because you don't know you are working and eternal things. Do you get what I'm saying? You are working and eternal things. You're not working for money. It's actually idolatry to subject your body in the secular world and not subject it in the spiritual family. It means that money can buy you. Look at it. He said, when I have preached to others, I put my body on. T- See, this is an opposed to. Now, I wonder what the pastor will do. I put my body, I put my body under, 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 the under. Do you get what I'm saying? As you have to put your body under, I have to put my whole under, the under, under. If you are putting your whole under, I'm putting my whole under, the under, under. Look at it. See, the last under, under it. That's where I put my body. Look at it. He said, when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, maybe you don't know that your life is a message. All of you, you are preaching. Let your light shine that all men might see the good works of the Father. So it means your character preaches. The results you command preaches. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
So Christ is no more here, but we are here. Glory to God. And we have the Christ in us. Glory to God. Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. How many of you believe that there is a glory to be unveiled in you? How many of you believe that? And it's coming out in the name of Jesus Christ. This nation, we adjust to the will of God in you in the name of Jesus. Your family is adjusting to the will of God in you in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. See, let me tell you something. Now, this is coming in hurry. And I want you to catch it. What the kings of this world need, the solutions to their problems is deposited in your heart in the name of Jesus Christ. See, I will, this capacity thing we are talking about, you, there is nobody that became successful in the scripture that this subject is body. Do you remember Daniel? Do you remember Joseph? Subjecting your body is, is running away from fornication. You will get there. You know that there are certain things, even if you make mistakes, you have to resubject your body. If your body has come from under the under and it's now over, you say, body, go back to where, are you get what I'm saying? You made a mistake, then you have to come out of it. Look at it. He said, let's if I preach, I will not become disqualified. Now let's quickly look at Daniel. Daniel. Look at Daniel verse 19 to 20. Daniel chapter 1, verse 19 to 20. Quickly. Quickly. He said, then the king interviewed them, and among them all, all, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Therefore, they serve before the king. Therefore, they serve before. So that means they passed. Look at the next, next scripture. He said, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Now I want you to look at this verse very well. Do you know that he didn't compare them to their mate? They were ten times better, not than their mate. You know you used to think it's their mate. That you are ten times better than your peers. You know, for example, we use it in academic environment in those days. They said you are ten times better than your mate. He wasn't comparing them with, with their mates. He was comparing them with their lecturers. He was really comparing them with their lecturers. Because these are the people that taught them. You see, he, let me show you something from verse 3. Go to verse 3. Follow me as I read. You, you'll see something. Because when they caught them as captives, Alright? They try to change their language. They re-register them. Give them social security just like the way they're slave. Are you going to mean social security and training and all that? So look at the kings of the earth. They know what they are doing. The kings of the... Don't think there is mediocrity in the corridor of power. Don't ever. They might have evil knowledge. But they have knowledge. Without intelligence, you cannot rule. Nebuchadnezzar was very wise. But it's just, it just that he wasn't wise with the wisdom of God. That's the difference. And later he learned it. And he wrote Daniel chapter 4. I can show you. The high, that it was the one that wrote that chapter. Look at it. Then the king instructed Aspenas, the master of his Enoch, he said, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. So the king knew what he was looking for. He noted in that descendants there will be certain wisdom, knowledge, you see what he said. Some of the nobles. Look at it. He said, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good looking. That's appearance. Gifted in all wisdom. Can you see that? Gifted in So he knew what it was. This is a CV of a king. 
to be admitted in his school, not to start working. I want you to, do you see what I'm showing you? To be admitted into his school so that they can be retrained. This is selection and um, what else we call it? Now look at it. He said, good looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. So you understand that there are people that are not quick to understand. He says even in the descendants of the kings and the nobles, there are people that will not be quick to understand. Screen them. Those are the people we need. Because the power that rules a nation is in that lineage. Look at it. And he says that, now, as a believer, you know, you can't, if the kings of the earth are thinking like this, you can't just go into the secular world and say you are starting things. Now look at it. He said, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Who had the ability to serve in the king's palace? So they possess knowledge, they might not have ability. Look at it. He said, ability to serve in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Now let me tell you, we have a language in the body of Christ. In the kingdom. It's called the language of faith. We have a language. And the literature. Our literature is the Bible. It detects everything we do. Are you getting what I'm saying? The language of faith, tongues, is also a language of the spirit. But let me tell you something. Those two cannot directly affect the secular world. You have to take the Bible and put it in the literature. You have to take the tongue and faith. Are you getting what I'm saying? And put it in a plain language that the secular people will understand. I hope that is clear. All right, we'll know that better later because that's not what I am targeting here. Go to the next verse. So this Chidean is like a Chidean university because they were there for three years. Look at it. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and which he himself drank. He says, and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. I mean, king can prepare for his own empire his own kingdom like this and he wants to break into the kingdom. Let me tell you, in this country, people that will be president in the next 20 years, they're already training them. You'll be surprised. Even when you think that somebody became president by default, it was deputy, uh, deputy governor and then later governor and then you just say that, ah, this is the hand of God. We know there's hand of God. He, the Nebuchadnezzar wrote, he said, God rules in the affairs of men. We know there is hand of God. But let me tell you. Eh? The end of God. Alright. Works. In a, in a way. That. You know. If believers are, are found one thing. And there, there is need for a leader. Just like in business. If believers are found one thing. And there is need for a heart to play host. To an idea. The idea will come. And then he will look for unbeliever. It can be anybody. Because God must send it here. Look at it. And three years of training for them. So that at the end of that time, they might serve before the king. Now, you go to universities, you spend four years, five years. It's the same thing. Next verse. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Ananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Yes? And he says, to them the chief of the Enoch gave names. He gave Daniel you know, Bethesda, um, Shadrach, and then, um, Meshach and Abednego. Yes? And it's, but Daniel proposed in his heart. Now, this is where the thing started. 
subjected his body. Daniel proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself. Wants to start building capacity now with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the Enochs that he might not defile himself. Can you see the way Daniel saw it? What you call opportunities, Daniel called it defilement. No, no, what's wrong with you? Just the Bible says that he that is diligent in his work, he shall stand before kings and not before. Even interpreted as a hit with kings and not, there's nothing wrong with eating with kings. But if he's going to bring about defilement, then you shouldn't. That's what Daniel is saying. Because there's a process you must know about. This thing is serious. So, so it means others were defied. Go to the next verse. He said, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the Enoch. You know, this thing is so funny that you won't go and create another party. You'll be in that same PDP and APC and you won't be defied. I mean, can you be in King's Palace and you are being trained three, three years and you are not defied? This is the problem of believers. The reason why they are not actually launching that deep into that places they call dark and uh, like, like somebody said, he said, you said uh, politics is dirty. Are, are you not a cleaner? Are you not? He said, if politics is dirty, then be the detergent. That's what he says. He said, Pastor, is too dirty. Ah, my detergent, we, we, we. It's hypo that they need there. <laughs> Look at it. Say, and the chief of the Enoch said to Daniel, I fear my Lord the king, who has appointed your food and drink. He has appointed it, that is his compulsory. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Who are your age? And he said, Then you will endanger my head before the king. I mean, the king doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't subject his decision to any, he just cuts the head of Jonathan. Next, next. <laughs> so Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the Enoch had set over Daniel and Nehemiah, Meshel and Azariah. Yes. And then he says, please test your servant for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Why you are eating vegetables and water right now? You don't know that is a process. But you, you want king's meat. You can't assess the king's meat and you think it's a cause. Are you getting what I'm saying? In a way, some of you even interpret it as poverty. You don't know it's a process. You don't know it's a process. Because God is building something in you that the kings will need. You can't be eating what king is eating and you'll solve king's problem. Are you getting what I'm saying? Go to the next. You know, we started fasting 40 days and 40. People have been eating what kings have been eating. No, no, no. How do you, do you think it's a joke? Do you think it's a joke to be at Halawusa governing Lagos State? Do you know what it means? And that's why most of, most believers don't bother themselves. Do you think it's a joke to, to be the top, among the top 10 best in this country, in the fashion world? Do you think it's a joke? That your music is everywhere? You know, I learned by the way you hit, we'll know whether you fulfill your destiny. Have <laughs> I heard my pastor saying something like, if you suddenly develop appetites to be eating more, something is wrong. Check it. You suddenly develop appetite to be sleeping more. You just wake up late. Not that you are eating late. You are eating too early. You should check it. When I'm talking about building capacity by the Spirit, those are the things that you have to subject. 
He said, then let our appearance be examined before you. And the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. Can you imagine? The guy had faith. He said, compare us with the rest that are eating the king's meal. Whatever you like, do with us. Check it. Check the two. If their own is better, then deal with us. Look at it. The next verse. He says, so he consented with them in this matter and tested them 10 days. 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. How many of you have been eating? You don't eat kings. You eat vegetable and water and people think it's king's delicacies you are eating. How many of you? How many of you? When people look at your appearance, they think it's king's delicacies. They say, ah, what do you eat? Praise the Lord. I know in Africa it's fatness that you used to judge it. That somebody has body. Ah, oh boy, you are eating a lot too. And then when they look look at people like us, they have pity, they have mercy. Do you understand? They say, ah, we need to have mercy on you. What's happening? Do you understand? What do you get? I was somewhere and somebody just spoke to me. He said, ah, you don't drink. You don't drink beer. I said, he said, eh. he said but your skin looks like you drink beer. Holy Ghost beer. So later I found out that actually you know those who live well by the way they are skin. Not by fatness. There are people who are fat in a You know the place. So, you get freshness and do you understand skin? You are checking out my skin. (laughs) Thus the stewards took away their portion of delicacies because they were better. And the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. So that means those things were there staring at them. They didn't take it for 10 days. They had to take it away. Next verse. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill. This, he separated them because they separated themselves. And he gave them knowledge. Look at it. He gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and what? Wisdom. So God is even involved in their secular curriculum. Do you get that? You separate yourself, you find, you discover an equation that will solve chemistry problem. God is involved. In everything. You can't minus God from physics. You can't minus him from uh, FA. Or FM. Praise God. Look at it. So he says. And wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 18. Now at the end of the days. When the king had said that they should be brought in. The chief of the eunuchs brought them in. Before Nebuchadnezzar. He was a very great king. He was ruling the world. That was the, that, that was the Donald Trump of, do you understand? He was the leader of the world. He's not the leader of the world. And you all know the story. He built capacity to the point. This is how you know what they were doing. In chapter two, there was a problem. There was a dream. They couldn't tell. This king was very terrible. He had a dream and he asked people to come and tell him his dream. He said, if they don't tell him his dream, then they can't give interpretation. 
And that's why he said that they were ten times better than the astrologers and the, uh, the, the, the magicians. Those were the people that taught them the literature. And those people couldn't provide a solution to the king's dream. They couldn't even tell the, the king's dream in chapter 2. You know what happened? The king gave a decree that all of them should be destroyed. And then these four guys were to be destroyed with them. And Daniel now said, eh? Give us a night. And then he went to pray. The Bible says he went back to his companion. There are so many things I can't teach you here. Because when they promoted Daniel, he insisted that they should promote others. How you will know is that you know that you cannot walk alone. God has never used, I, I, I say it often. God doesn't do massive things with one person. Are you getting what I'm saying? You might be hearing a name. There, there is a team that the person belongs to. You might be hearing a name. There is a cell. There is a cell. Even all these music artists, you realize they have managers. They have, do you understand? They have a cell that will tell them that, oh boy, you fumble. What's the meaning of that? And you won't believe that those kind of people can talk to them like that. They are not as rich as they are, but they form the fabric of the success of the dream. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must belong to that kind of cell. So Daniel came back, understood the vision and told the king. And the king bowed to Daniel. And Bible recorded it that he bowed to the God of Daniel. When you bow to God, kings will bow to you. Bending is with Hion's hand. Praise the Lord. The same thing Jesus, I told you about him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in water. By John the, the Baptist. You remember? Luke chapter 3. And then in chapter 4, he went into the wilderness to go and pray and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Process. Building capacity. That's after waiting for many years. Building capacity. And in Luke chapter 4 verse 14, Bible says it came out, you know, uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Building capacity is gaining strength, expansion, and sustained capabilities to set and achieve our goals and objectives or vision. You know, look at it collectively and individually. So you have what you are living for. All right. And then you have to build capacity deliberately. You yield yourself more to the Holy Spirit to get that done. And so as a church in preparation for the next dispensation, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 5 to 10a. Let me quickly look at that and rush through it and tell you uh, one or two things that I need to tell you there is very important. I have about close to about 10 lessons you need to learn from this scripture. Then the angel of God who talk, the angel who talk with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. Now look at this verse. He saw a vision. Don't let us bother ourselves about the vision. It was before this way. So the angels talked with him and said, do you not know what these visions are? And then he said, no, my Lord. I pray that God cause your eyes to open to see visions. And even when you see visions and you don't know, may you be humble enough to ask necessary questions in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And when you ask questions, you receive answers for direction in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Point number one. God has answer for every question or confusion. That's point number one. Even when you see vision, receive God's word. It's very important. Sometimes it might not be God's vision, it might be God's word. It's an answer to every of your situation, question, or confusion. Number two. Be meek and humble enough to receive God's word 
by acknowledging that you don't know or know enough, all right, that you don't know enough, pretending you know leaves you in a perpetual darkness of ignorance and uncertainty. And uncertainty. Verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now listen. This is the word of the Lord. He answered and said to me. So when he said that, I don't know. This is the answer. You know, when you receive the word of God with meekness, there is a transformation that takes place. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. If you look at the power, it's in small letter P. Now you see it, beginning with small letter P. And then might, small letter M. So when he's talking about by might and by power, he's talking about your own might and your power. But look at the one he wanted to talk about his spirit. Can you see it? Capital M and capital S. But by my spirit. Now, I will explain this please. But let me tell you, this is number three. Number three lesson you need to learn. Building capacity and his house or vision is by God's spirit. This house is not being built by my might as a pastor. Or by your might as a strategic leader. It's being built by God's what? Spirit. Not by our might, not by our power. What might means, is sometimes might is, inter- is in- interpreted as valor, military might. Some of you think your business will be built by connections. Some of you is by your muscular power, physical stamina, which you gain by fitness training. Alright? Some of you is, you think it's by wealth, if I have enough finance. And that's why we minus God from everything that is going on in our life. You think if you have more money, you establish the business. If you have more money, if you have no more connection, more partners, then the idea, God said it doesn't start with that. He said, I build things myself. Look at what the scripture says. He said, he says in Matthew 16, 17 to 18, he said, I will build my church. Now, when he was talking to Peter, he didn't say, Peter, you and I will build the church. Say, I will build my church. And church belongs to him and not anybody. Church doesn't belong to anybody. Are you getting one? That's why people will come. You can even pioneer a church, you leave the church. And God will call you home and the church continues to exist. I am not in other branches now and they are existing. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's God that is working in us, both to will and to do of his own pleasure, not according to your desire, personal, lustful, do you get what I'm saying? Of his own play. So it's not a muscular power thing. When you look at power there, it means mere innate capacity, wealth, force, substance, or strength. When we talk about wealth, in this context, what we are saying is accumulated goods. You think that you have investment enough to bet what God has sent you. And that's why God will take us to a level of wealth we will still not be able to do without him. Because we know that it's by his spirit. And he's our source. Glory to God. If you are here, can you say amen? Amen. So building on the rock, the revelation of God's word, the Christ, is by the spirit. Is by the spirit. Our life can only be built by or on the revelation of God's word 
and by the power of the Spirit. So we are God's temples. Now when he's, he's talking about temple here, we are God's temples. And don't forget in Psalm 127, he says, except the Lord builds the house, those who labor, they what? They labor in vain. So God is not ruling out laboring. Psalm 127. Look at it. Unless the Lord builds their house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So it means that as a watchman, you know, he told Ezekiel, I sent you as a watchman over this house. As a watchman over this house, if I wake up in the night and I'm praying, and my trust is not in the Lord that watch over the house, I am doing it in vain. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because there's a way that you can even come up and say that, you see, our faith, our faith, our, what's your faith? There is even arrogance with the knowledge that you have. That's why it says knowledge puff up, but love edifies. You say, is it my faith? Ah, if you say, you know, you use faith now. What's, what's wrong with you? Ah, faith. If you, if I meant faith, the way people will talk about it, you don't know that your faith is even a gift. And as you receive more revelation from God, then the gift is enhanced within you. Because for everyone he has dealt with the mayor of faith. Number four. Now, so you see this, the, go back to Zechariah. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Our country is in a state right now that even parents that have money are not sure of what will come out or happen to their children. In those days, they said education is the best legacy. Now it looks like education is not just the best legacy. Education and jobs. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are not saying education is not the best legacy. But if you people graduate now and have no jobs, are you getting what I'm saying? So it looks like education and job is the best legacy. So now, can you be working now as if you are going to give your children a job? You know, if you are working now as if you are going to give your children a job, you will work with a better sense. That was says a righteous man leave inheritance for his children, children. What some people are just, you know, are bragging about with around in these Lagos is the wealth of their fathers. And if they don't apply wisdom, it will soon finish. And that's why there's a room for you and uh, you and me. You know why? Because there will be build, there are buildings already built. You will just go and buy them. Bible says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. There's a professor that met me on campus. We were just talking. He said, he said, I have a house there, uh, nine million. I built it, you know, Shubu there. The day was in effect. He told me about another one. He said in the Philippines because he married a Philippine, you know. So, you know, I'm like, he was just telling me about things. He said, but you know, you know these things. My children, we waste these things. He was telling me. He said, because Bible said, <laughs> that is in the, that's the way the man said it. Like, in your own labor. That means there's something, he said, that's why he says that you have pleasure in your own work. Verse 7, Zechariah, verse 7. Now let's look at the points so that I will close. Who are you, O great mountain? 
before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plague. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shout of grace. Grace. So that is how you know it's by the Spirit. Because if it's by your might, there won't be grace. If by your power, there won't be grace. It's a grace and grace to it. You know what I found out? Ministry is run, executed, and fulfilled on the platform of grace. On the platform of grace. On the platform of grace. There are people that are so anointed and they are not known. Their impact is not felt. Because there is need for grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? One of the things we do in the body of Christ is, you know, when you, when you sense, Bible says, when the apostles perceived the grace, when they saw the grace of me and Barnabas, this is Paul speaking, they gave us a right hand of fellowship. What did they see? Grace. You might not be able to enter that carcass until there is grace on you. They have to see the grace. Grace, grace to it. Now, how will you get to this level? When you look at your might and say, might, calm down. You look at your power and say, power, calm down. This thing is going to be built by the Spirit of God. How do you want to penetrate Marina, penetrate Leki, penetrate Abuja, penetrate with your idea, with your music, with your gift, with your talent, with all those places? By the Spirit. And the Spirit will have started working on you now. I hope that is clear. In this country, certificate is not enough. Even when you go outside the country, you go to places, it's not enough. You can have two PhDs, somebody has two PhDs and three masters, he's living a frustrated life. Master does not make you a master. You know. So with shout. Now, learn a lesson here. Number one. The lesson you are learning here. Let's say number four. There is no mountain of problems, whether great or not, that is not, that is not surmountable. No mountain. No issue. No attack. No challenges. Can stop what God has proposed to do among us or with your life. That's number one. You know, Bible says you shall speak to this mountain. They will exist but you will summon them. Can I hear amen? Yeah. Number five. He said, Oh thou Zerubbabel. So it means for his name to have been mentioned there, God recognized him. So you can say, Who are thou mountain in this entertainment world before if you are sent to attend it? Let's say you are Tulu, before Tulu. Are you going to say, Who are thou mountain? And Bible says it has turned into play. Number five, God recognizes you and every one of us all together as an assembly in the body of Christ. So before Zerubbabel, who are thou mountain? Before Tokwe, who are thou mountain? Before communion, who are thou mountain? And then number six, he said, grace, grace to it. You must be conscious of grace. I am what I am by the grace of God. All right? The next one, let me just read the next one. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, yes, he said, the ends of the Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His ends shall also what? Finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Now, how you will know that God has sent me to you is that what God will begin or he has begun with you, you will finish it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? Now, God is a finisher. How many of you know God is a finisher? Jesus on the cross said it is what? Finished. Paul, when he was going, he said, I have finished my 
my cause on this earth everything God has sent you you will finish in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I remember Miles Monroe saying grave is the richest place on the earth he said why he said people die with aspirations die with unlocked potentials die with so many deposits of God in them enough a lot of brains many equations went to the grave Many inventions went to the grave. So, but if you know by the spirit, those things will be unlocked. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are some of you here, you will take care of orphans. There are some of you here, you will feed Africa. There are some of you here, you will relieve people whenever there is calamity. There are some of you here, you will invent things. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will solve economic problems for this nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will solve leadership problem for this nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, can you say better? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He said, "It ends." Shall also finish it. Somebody say, "I finish." I finish. Think about it. You are at the very ripe old age, and you are about to go, and you call for a meeting. And you narrated the journey or the story of your life. And at the end of it, you said, I finish. He said, tonight I will go. I know a man that did that. And he went to his bed. He covered himself. People didn't know the reason why he invited all of them. He told all the children to come home. And they came. And they even forgot the reason to ask him. But the night he will go, he call for a meeting. He said, I will tell you the reason. And he told them. Amen. He handed over before he left. Many people don't didn't hand over before they left. They just left. Some people died, found themselves in heaven to realize they died. They didn't plan it. They didn't know it. You don't know that death is not supposed to take you. Anyhow, it's supposed to finish. You can't have this kind of understanding and be traveling and be thinking you will crash. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're supposed to what? Finish. Look at your neighbor and say, you finish. And that is why if Holy Spirit built capacity in you, you don't have a choice than to what? To finish. I decree nothing will stop you. No self, no evil, no demon, no darkness will stop you in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me close with Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2. There are many things I'm supposed to show you here, but let's stop there. Let's read from verse 1. Everybody, you are going to read this because I will pray with this for you and then you understand better. Let's read one, two, three, go. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Now, this is a revelation, a vision. And then an angel speaking to him. He says, Son of man, stand. That is a representation of, it's called Theophany, that God speaking to him. Next verse. Let's read one, two, three. Then the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet and I heard him who spoke to me. Uh, I thought he heard him before. You know, but he spoke to me, son of man, stand on your feet. But you know, he didn't hear. Look at the second hearing. He said, when I now stood, how did he stand? Look at this. How did he stand? Then the spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my what? 
You know, if I say stand on your feet, you will not even think of the spirit force. You just stand. Because there is a, there is a level of energy that you have on your own. But God is saying what I've called you to do in order for it to stand. You will hear him. And as you hear him, the spirit will enter into. That's why this word he speaks, they are spirit and life. As the spirit is supplied to you, you receive capacity to stand. And nobody can push you down because you are standing by the spirit. Is that clear? You say, and the spirit say, and I heard him who spoke to him. I heard him who spoke to him. There is a higher dimension of this because he gave him a scroll later. And he hates it. Her child. But you have heard God's word. And the capacities are to be built by the Spirit. If you follow only the analysis, you will miss God. You must be connected and be in alignment with the Spirit of God. Can you lift up your hands and begin to worship? We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's Word by Pastor Toka Ovisaya, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact plus 234-8035-858047 or send a mail to tokwaovisayo at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.